What's up, guys? It's Mitch from respectmyregion.com here with another episode of the North American Weed Tour podcast, episode 72, looking at cannabis around the country and beyond. Today, I'm joined by special guests, Dina and Kathy, co-founders of Kirabags. How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you? Man, I'm I'm hanging out there fight fighting this uh you know cold and gray weather out here in the Seattle area, which I know it's just gonna look like for for months on end. Where where are you guys? Are you guys both? I know I heard New York. Where are you guys? Are you guys both in in NY or, or where? where are you I'm going? in New York. I'm outside of New York City. So it's and I'm outside of Nashville here too. Okay, so so opposite sides of the spectrum. I was actually born in Memphis. I only lived there till I was five. I have no family in Tennessee, so I can't claim it other than my where my passport says where I'm from. But uh, <laughs> beautiful area. Ter- terrible for my allergies, though, man. I can't. Yeah, it's it was like in the '60s today. So go figure. Oh man, man. So you know, you guys, we're we're gonna get into the company in a second. But I usually start these off, kick off. I asked my guests their history around the plant that can be personal or that can be professional. The plant we're talking about is cannabis, which obviously is derived to THC and CBD, which we'll talk a little bit about both sides of the spectrum today. But you guys would just like like to share kind of your history around cannabis. Dina, I'll start with you just because you're sitting right to, to the side of me on here. Okay. Um, yeah, actually, I'm going to talk about CBD because, you know, I have I have a history with cannabis in the past. So we don't need to talk about that. But um, I um, I have a history with CBD because I have a daughter with Tourette syndrome. And uh, way back when um, I learned that CBD oil tinctures was really good um, for Tourette syndrome, which is and in case you don't know what Tourette syndrome is, it's not just all swearing. Uh, less than 10% of people who have Tourette's um, actually do swear. Tourette's is just uh, motor movements, uncontrollable tics. Um, so middle school is pretty hard for my daughter. So I learned about CBD and actually um, learned about it mostly through Charlotte's Web, the brand Charlotte's Web. And I'm sure, you know, everybody in this industry knows Charlotte's Web and the story of Charlotte um, uh Figi, Fiji, Figi. Um, so I did a little research and started giving my daughter um, CBD oil. And it was amazing uh, how much it worked. I mean, it didn't completely eradicate her tics, um, but it calmed things down. She has anxiety. A lot of people with Tourette syndrome have anxiety as well. So it really helped that. So that's how I really, really got into CBD. I mean, like I'm, I'm thinking like maybe five, six years ago even. Mm. Um, so that's kind of where I started with the whole plant. Um, uh, of course, knowing that uh, cannabis is probably a better treatment for it, but it's not legal where I live and she's a minor. So, you know, CBD was a really great alternative. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome to hear. There's been so many, uh, so many just like miracle stories that have, have been derived from, you know, cannabis and, and the, the derivatives uh, and the different can- cannabinoids of cannabis. You know, it's, we, we constantly hear just crazy stories of just different ailments and, and things that, that it provides relief for. So really appreciate you sharing that. Kathy, what, what about your history around the plant? Whatever you feel comfortable sharing, you know, we can take it back or we, we can keep it a little more, you know, professional, whatever's your comfort zone. First of all, I'm older. Okay. I was, in, I graduated high school in the late seventies. All right. So it was a big, I mean, cannabis wasn't all that popular then. You know what I mean? It was kind of like an under the table thing. So we were, we were smoking it in high school. We were listening to, you know, ELP or Zeppelin and we were getting stoned outside, outside of high school. I mean, that's how it started with a few people talking about, you know, weed or grass or getting high. And uh, that's how it was. I think that 
it's so different now. I mean, I think it's terrific with all the medical marijuana that's out there and how much it's helping so many different people with so many issues. But yeah, you know, I've been, I was smoking pot for, you know, a while and now, you know, I don't smoke as much, but I did switch over to CBD. I smoke once in a while, but I love to use gummies. I think it's great for, you know, just sleep. I think it's great for anxiety. It's, I mean, I find it very, very helpful. But yeah. that's, you know, that's how far back I go with, you know, pot. It's just a, you know, high school story. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, I agree. The, the, the 70s, you know, that's definitely when we look at, uh, you know, just stoner culture. That's really, you know, 60s and 70s is where that yeah. derived from. We look at, you know, like Fast Times at Ridge Ridgemont High. Uh, <laughs> I think of some of the Days and Confused that kind of look, you know, put put, put the, the high school experience around the, the, that time. You know, obviously, yeah, I, I, and it, I, I wasn't it, we were, I was in New York City, you know, so it was very... I mean, people talked about it. We did it as teenagers. It was fairly, you know, it was uh, it was who you hung out with. You know, mm. you did it in the park. You went to the park in New York City and you smoked. And then, you know, you walked to the store, you had the munchies and you bought shit. And it was great <laughs> because you were young and you didn't have to worry about like what you were eating. Right. It, was, it was different. Keep, keeping the margins high at the bodegas, man. Shout out cannabis. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, you know, something that I found is really, well, before I get into that, actually, so I'd, I'd like to get, you know, the, the company that you guys have, have started together is Cura Bags. Um, something I think is really unique about that is, is it's not just positioned around cannabis or stonerware, it's CBD, just self natural self-care alternative medicine, just bringing a, a, a different element to it without, you know, from the outside looking at not the branding that seems like too uppity, you know, it's just something that's very welcoming, I think to anyone. So salute you guys on that. But What's kind of the origin story of when you had this concept and, and, and what went into starting the brand initially? Well, I had a conversation with someone who was coming back from London and ended up sitting next to these cannabis guys. They were in the cannabis business. They were growers. And um, he was in home accessories. Dina and I used to travel together. We were always in the fashion business. We were in fashion accessories and in handbags and small leather goods, things like that. So he's talking to me about upscale home accessories for cannabis. And he wanted to know, you know, my opinion on, on the business. And I basically said to him, Hey, you know, Ronald, I really don't, that's not my thing. I really don't know. But it sounds like a good idea. I said, but I'll tell you what, no matter where you go, even in Amsterdam, wherever, where it was open and people were smoking, there was nothing that was fun. There was nothing fashion related to the industry. And so I thought that, you know, fashion accessories could be fun, like having its own segment, its own business, instead of just throwing it in your pocket or cosmetic pouch or something. I thought that, you know, it could be cool if we built a line around it. And then Dina and I, I mean, we first met in Hong Kong because we used to go to Hong Kong four or five times a year. Then we had to go to Europe to travel for ideas. We were doing private brand working for different companies. And we had this whole conversation about it, uh, you know, about, I said to her, she was the designer. And I said, you know, we should really get some cool piece goods. We should try to do something fun with this. The industry is so big. And I just felt there was such a void. Hmm. And so that was the first kind of, you know, think tank that we had about it. Um, Dina, you can, you know, you can go back and, and, and remember some of the stuff we talked about. Yeah. I, well, we, we just, you know, she knew how into CBD I was at the time. And, and I had, um, 
you know, where I live and, and years ago, CBD wasn't that well known. And and here, you know, people would hear about CBD. And, and honestly, I'd have people say like, oh, you know, Dina knows about CBD. And it was just me just on the internet, you know, like looking up everything I could figure out to help my child who was like, she was like 11 at the time. She's, well, no, she was younger than that. She's um, 15 now um, and getting better. So it's great. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I was just, I was kind of like a CBD advocate. So I was like, you know, posting things on Facebook, sharing things. And, you know, um, and Kathy, you know, said, you know, hey, let's talk about this. And so we put our heads together and then kind of 2020 happened and things slowed down a little bit. And we finally launched in October of this year. But we, we went around and we did our homework. You know, I, I bought a lot of stuff and really everything is so, it's all like utility driven. It's basically mm -hmm. ballistic nylon. They're yeah. weed bags. Even like I said, in Amsterdam where, where pot was for so long and it was out there on the streets and all, you had nothing really innovative other than a ballistic black nylon backpack, you know, to put it in. Yeah, so. We yeah. We have two. We actually have two companies. We have Cora Bags, and we have a label called Up and Smoke New York. And Up and Smoke is was strictly cannabis. That was going to be, you know, it is carbon lined, and it uh, Cora has Aroma Block zips, mm. so it also has that feature. But it was it. It's just a little more, I would say, classy. Where I think that the Up and Smoke New York is a in New York, we would say it's a more downtown kind of vibe, kind of mm -hmm. feeling. Um, we felt strongly about both, but we just launched, like Dina said, in the beginning of October. And Susan Romeo is head of our whole marketing campaign. So we decided just it's a lot. You got to concentrate on one thing if you're out mm -hmm. there on Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and you get an influencer. And so we did that brand first, but we're also going to roll out um, Up and Smoke, which again would be a more interesting just for the weed stuff. But that right. became the whole idea. Why is there an industry that's so large? And people are doing it. And I don't think there's really anything. I don't think, I mean, we're an all female company. There's, you know, a total of three of us, but I don't think there's anything feminine and fun out there. And now one of the feedbacks we got after the website launched only three weeks into it, guys started asking where the men's line is. <laughs> and so Dina just, we just had some samples made up, but Dina has them. I, I've seen them, you know, on pictures, but I haven't seen them, but that's something we're going to blog about now in another um, week and say mm -hmm. that we're introducing that because guys were saying to Susan that um, like you all have uh, some choices. You could put it in Navy if you want, you could put it in a makeup case or whatever. Where do we put it? You know, if I'm doing whatever I'm doing, it's usually in my pocket, my back pocket, or if I have a backpack, it's in there with all the other shit. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was a good point, you know, so that that came up. And so we're addressing that too. There's just, there's a lot of opportunity because like I said, most of what's out there is just, it's all the same. And there's nothing, uh, I call it, we used to call it in the fashion business, eye candy. Mm. You know, like you just want to grab it, you know, grab it and go. And so um, that's it. Yeah. yeah based on our, our, our history and, and fashion accessories, it seems like the perfect fit. So we were super excited about it and um, can't wait to do up and smoke. But like she said, you gotta do one thing at a time. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that, that functionality aspect, right? Like you li likened it to, um, you know, like makeup bags, because that's obviously something that you carry with you. So there's a fashion element to it, but it's functional where you want to store things and, you know, not, you know, I, I don't know nothing about that, but I know my wife, you know, making sure all these 
tools and powders and things or are you know staying how they're supposed to stored how they're supposed to not fly yeah, out and you know you have a little kid we were talking earlier right yeah. and little kids like to go into mom's makeup stuff that happens yeah. you know they take out lipstick they'll take, and that's the one thing that i feel is this should be it's a private choice it's a personal thing some people want to you know want to talk that they do it other people aren't comfortable saying that they do whatever it is but it should have its own compartment. It should have its own fun place for it to be. And right. when we do open smoke, I also think it should have some uh, little, there are things that you could use like locks that you can put on, mm -hmm. you know, that's important. But yeah, kids get into their mom's stuff all the time. So that's another piece of this is that I really thought that it was something that <clears throat> should be kept separate. It, I, I absolutely, you know, I, I travel frequently. I travel with my cannabis everywhere I go. I am a uh, very at the top of the spectrum consumer uh, personally, but I agree with you. I, I think it, I like, I like to store my cannabis in something that's smell proof. It's usually not very right. fashionable. So I usually put it in a smell proof bag and then stuff that in my backpack or my, right. uh, my duffel bag. I just don't like to tell the world, hey, I've got some dank on me, even though I do. Um, and then, I, you know, being a father, it's definitely an important thing for me to, to you know, the, the child safety thing, right? It definitely hits a little different. I, I definitely don't want my kid, getting, whether it's gummies or flour or oil or whatever, I, you know, I don't want my child getting into that whatsoever. Um, so it's definitely important. And also on the other end, a, a lot of the offerings out there are very just like, blatantly stoner right i'm trying to yeah. hide this discreetly yeah but then it has this big pot it has a marijuana it. plant on yeah, it you know it's I not know. my style i'm pretty i'm pretty black and white personally you know with what i wear so i don't like the loud things but also you know i don't want to if i'm trying to discreetly carry cannabis i'm not trying to pronounce to the world look at me i got weed in the back yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah. and a lot of the feedback again we just did a travel blog on our website because a lot of people are talking about now wanting to travel again obviously and being able to use these things for multiple things for tinctures for weed for your passport we have different compartments mm -hmm. and it can hold different things so um travel is another aspect of uh, of the whole cannabis but traveling with cannabis and traveling with cbd absolutely right? and so i was going to ask you you know what what kind of goes into the design i know you said you know the one line has uh you know the 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 aroma locking zipper and then the other one's going to be carbon filtered so what what kind of goes into it past just the you know looking attractive what goes into it to making it kind of functional for for cannabis and cbd products well can i show you actually a bag yeah let's look All at right. it so for instance like this is this is from the the cure the cura line we say cura or cura actually black was probably not a good idea to show you here but um let me see. Let me take another one with a the black metallic. You just have to hold it up more, I think. Well, uh, the lining is kind of hard to see on oh, camera. Oh, the lining. Mm. So basically, we have um, the inside of the bags. Excuse me. Have like a an aroma block zipper here. Okay. okay. So you could put, you know, a pre roll or something in there, and then we have like mesh pockets. And the cool thing is, is a lot of them have a uh, elastic for oil so for instance excuse me for being off camera here um you know cb a lot of cbd users use oil so mm -hmm. we have the these um, stabilizing the at a separate place yeah oh, okay. and so, then the whole um, the linings are all wipeable so if anything spills in yeah. there just all washable stuff right so it's 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 um yeah you can if it spills you can clean it up um and then some of the bags like i showed you this black one has like a divider so you could put you know 
you can't really tell, but some things on one side and your mm -hmm. CBD stuff on the other. Um, so yeah, they're very versatile. We have something. If you show the front of the bag, <clears throat> Dina, oh. if you show them the front of the bag, just to give an idea, like that's like a snake metallic. Yeah. Okay? It just looks like it's, it's not, you know, high fashion, it's, but it's like fun. It looks like something different. It's just right. boring. Yeah, I mean, I would even use this as a little clutch. So I would put, you know, I could put a pre-roll in here. I could put gummies. You could put I, your I cell mean, really phone anything. in another compartment. You know what I mean? It yeah. can be used for multiple things. Right, right. And then we have little bags like this, which you would probably just want to put, um, you know, just straight CBD product in, you know, or, or whatever. It depends on what you want to mix with sure. your CBD product. Um, and you know, CBD bud still is smelling like cannabis. Right. So yeah. you got to keep it in place now. Now, but what Kathy, we were talking about earlier is like a lot of the CBD users don't need the whole like carbon lining thing. So that's where we're at with this. When we do the up and, uh, up and smoke New York, that is definitely going to be more cannabis driven. Sure. And and so I have some products with the carbon lining, but I honestly am completely naive to what what it does. What what is the layer of protection that that provides? I know it works. I, I know that, but I don't well, understand you know, why. Well, you know how they have like carbon filters and yeah. carbon, you use carbon like for when you have like a, a musty smell in your basement and you get those carbon things. So mm -hmm. it's kind of the same effect. Um, it just blocks the smell pretty much. That's yeah, that's that's interesting. So is it another layer that has to be is it like embedded yeah. in the material or is it? It would a layer be in between, on? it would be in between layers. It's another your layer, layer your lining and the carbon would be inside. Okay. Or it'd be even more like the carbon would be in between other layers. So that's what makes those real like heavy duty cannabis bags smell proof. Yeah, those could have came in handy when I was in high school and it would have saved me from a pinch or two, I'm sure. <laughs> might might even save me from a well, exactly. knock on, on the permanent record. <laughs> I bet. Um, I bet. So, what does your guys's current product offering look like? I know we saw a couple examples there, but how many pieces do you have in the line, and how frequent are you looking at up, you know, dropping new pieces? You want to answer that, Kathy? Or the website is nine pieces, correct? Nine or eight? Yep. We have and nine styles. They're offered nine styles, and. Um, I mean, the best way, obviously, is to see it on the website. I don't know if you have a picture of the website, Dina, or something that you could put up. But anyway, no, there's nine but... styles, and they're offered in five different fabrications. So there's snake metallic um, in black, white, and like a cool sky blue. There's a cheetah material, like an animal. There's a black quilt, which is a little bit more classic. Dina's holding up the cheetah. I don't have the black um, And so <laughs> we would keep like a basic, like Cheetah is always a basic. And then whatever is happening, like if puff nylon's happening or whatever is happening in the fashion business, we would add, you know, rotate that in on a seasonal kind of thing. You just kind of pull something out and, you know, put some newness in a couple of times a year for sure. Or yeah. if it's a younger customer, then it's, it needs to be faster. You know what I mean? Mm. But we always have, I mean, we're full of ideas. That's, that's not a problem <laughs> right now, you know, with the supply chain crap, it's right. like, it's tough getting the stuff over here. I mean, I'm airing shit because otherwise it's going to be stuck out by you, you know, outside of LA sitting there for, I don't know how long. So that's, that's, a, that's a challenge. You know, it's a challenge to small business because airing goods are expensive, right. yeah. but we have to air everything, everything that we come up with the men's line, 
we also are animal lovers, huge animal lovers. I mean, mo I happen to like animals over most people that I meet, but that's just me. <laughs> so we did a, um, it's true. We did a dog print, this great animal print, because you know how many people give their dogs? Mm. <laughs> that's the new one. Give their mm -hmm. dogs CBD. Right. I mean, I had an old, I always had golden retrievers. I still have one, but I lost one this summer, but he almost reached 14, which is great for a golden. He lived on CBD for his arthritis. Mm. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's a big deal. So the pet, the pet CBD business is a big growing business. And I thought we should have some fun things, you know, with the little clips on them that people can just clip on and carry their stuff with them or throw it in the pouch when you're out hiking with your dog or, you know, he needs a little help. So we even did a dog print, but everything we develop um, has to be aired in for us to see. Otherwise you just can't get it. It just gets mm -hmm. stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Those, I haven't had anything manufactured like that since the pandemic, but I, I, I have a little bit of apparel. I'm not a big fashion. Again, as you say, I'm wearing a black, this is like my uh, uniform, a black. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm always in a black t-shirt. I do. That's what we wore, black. <laughs> yeah, but I have some history in the apparel and I know, you know, getting stuff that's shipped, uh, you know, over by, by sea is, is a lengthy process without COVID. So I, I can only imagine, um, we're what lucky in that we're a small business, but we were, we worked for big companies, hmm. big names. And so the factory that's supporting us knew us for years, both of us. Years. And uh, believes in <laughs> us. And even though we're just a small female owned, you know, business, the three of us, basically, Susan joined us later after we launched. She's been with us uh, a couple of months now doing great stuff on social media. But, um, we get a fair amount of priority based on our history. Mm. Otherwise, it's very difficult for small business when yeah. you when you're coming out of uh, you know out of China. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Relationships are everything, especially with that culture. And 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 you know, if you don't have that history or rapport over there, trying to find one while stateside exactly. while waiting with the shipping times, I mean, you could take a whole year of you know cycling right. through to That's find right. the right fit. And then pray to God that it's actually a direct source that won't change up on the next order completely. That's right. And right. if the quality is good, you know, you want to be, you know, that's another thing we take seriously, our peace goods, our quality, what we stand for. So it's important to have those relationships, especially in these times. Listen, I would love to be made in USA. It would be great. I, not, I tried to price it. It, it. It's really just not possible for us right now. Sure. Right. You know, right. it's unfortunate, but it's just too expensive. That that was always my uh, I like it. Ironically, we respect my region started out as a as a clothing brand, mainly as t-shirts and hoodies. And I, I always remember people be like, is this made in America? And some stuff we did were like, yeah. And they're like, well, this is priced too high. And you're like, I, you don't get that. You can't yeah. ask the first question. And then add this. You can't you know, you're not you lose the right to ask right. the question. on Right. If you care about being American made. It's that's right. That's right. It's expensive. For hey, listen, at least all our jeans are basically made here. I mean, we've got a big jean industry out in L.A. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 It's very yeah, cool. The, the denim. And so, you know, a question for you. Obviously, you, I mean, you guys have, I think, over 50 years of experience in the fashion industry. But what what are some of the things that you use besides, I'm sure, just experience and intuition to kind of know, like, not only what's now, but what's next? Because obviously, when you're developing a product, it, there's a lead time to get it developed. So. What are some of those ways you stay in tune of understanding like what's what's next on the curve, whether it's colors or styles? Well, well there's all kinds of fashion services and you yeah. pay 
to be able to, if you can't go to London or you can't go to Paris or Milan or wherever you're looking or Amsterdam, if you're looking for a different, like I, I like backpacks and a little bit more hiking kind of stuff. If you're looking for mesh and things like that, it depends on what country you're looking for, but there's a camera to the world. I mean, if you're paying fashion services, you can, if you can't go there, you can see anything. Right. Um, so you kind of stay on top of like what's happening in the streets. It's not really a, you know, we don't, we're not a runway kind of a thing. It's just who's wearing a lot in the street and what's applicable to your business. And right now it's a lot of internet research because we aren't traveling. You know, Kathy and I used to go to Paris just to shop, just for ideas. I mean, that was, you know, that was great because you would see things, you would buy something in a, a boutique that was just phenomenal and you'd say okay let's do something like this or let's let's find a material like this and well, we would just all, you know we weren't going to paris to shop for us and we weren't paying for it <laughs> we were working for big companies yes we that used is. to send people all over the world to travel those are the good right. old days yeah now that doesn't happen as much anymore it's but she, she, Gina, i mean you can rally. you worked for some younger you know uh you, you worked for some younger brands too i i worked for um red by mark echo you know the rhino brand I worked for him okay. uh, for a while. Uh, that was great. Um, you know, BCBG Girls, which was out in LA. Um, they had a license with Kamuto uh, Group, um, La Sports Act, which is very New York. Um, it was that Ripstop Nylon brand. Um, mm. That's kind of where I started my design career, actually. And it was made in the US at, the, at that time, which is really kind of cool, which is why I ended up staying in Tennessee. I ended up in Tennessee and then that job kind of kept me here. So, um, and yeah, it's, it's, we, we have a lot of interesting brand experience between the and two. And I worked for Calvin and I worked for Claiborne and then the big companies, big stores were asking us to run their private brand business because we had such strong relationships in Asia. So that's where, where we were going to Paris, London, Amsterdam, wherever you were going, you were shopping the streets, basically taking your pictures, finding new ideas for materials and then reproducing them, trying to get them to have that hand feel to, you know, we were building product. Then we would go to Asia and, mm -hmm. you know, spend weeks there to just from Europe, go to Asia and build your line. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? That's what we did for a living for years, but not over 50 years. I mean, together, 50 I think years. Together, yeah, together. I'm like, God yeah. almighty, I don't want to get older than I'm <laughs> Oh yeah, I did this when I was five. <laughs> I would shop in the streets at five. <laughs> oh God. That that sounds like quite the dream job for anyone in fashion, being able to to see the trends in these places that set the trends and then to be able to be on the ground floor of of creating, you know, creation, right? Like that's, it's a, that's you know, amazing. Really there are people that knew what they were doing and there are people that shopped the stores. And it's not about just shopping the stores. That's why I keep saying you have to shop the street. Yeah. You have to have an eye for, you know, you go to the right neighborhoods, you kind of sit down, you look at what people are wearing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You look at how they're carrying, you look at their lifestyle. That's more important than just window shopping. You know, and it's, it's so the culture we, of you fashion. You knew in different companies, we all knew, like if you were at Calvin or you were at whatever company you were, you were doing it with, you knew who was good at what they were doing because you, you you, you know, you can go into a store and you see, and you're like, oh, everybody walks around saying, you know, oh, green's the big color now. Or that, that's not really what it's all about. It's mm. how people are using the stuff. True. So, um, but yes, it was, it was a great job and we did it for years, but it's a lot of travel.
I mean, you're yeah. in, like I said, you're doing Asia five times a year. You're doing Europe three times a year. So you're away a lot. But um, yeah, I, I don't do that part anymore. But I still, like I said, through the internet, you know, if you have the right services and stuff and you have that ear to the ground and you, you build a network over the years anyway, that's really how it is. Yeah, but I would say to anybody who wants to start out in fashion, you've just got to be in the right places and kind of just see what's coming, you know, past you. Because you can get inspiration from almost anywhere. Absolutely. That's truth. And, and, and you know, I know you mentioned the Internet right there. And so, you know, with, with the Internet, what are, what are some of the challenges that you guys have faced in, you know, potentially getting the word out there? with, I mean, you guys aren't, you know, the, the image and the website isn't too cannabis tied, but I know being somewhat cannabis, even CBD adjacent potentially creates, whether it's payment processing issues potentially, or, you know, marketing or Instagram, has there been any obstacles you guys have faced in the online realm of being cannabis adjacent? I can just tell you that the head of marketing right now, Susan is screaming, yes, <laughs> in her home in Rye, New York. She's like, just yes. Yes. girl. I yeah, we've, yes, we've you, you can talk to some of that. I mean, it's so yeah. messed up. That's all I can. It is. We 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 had we came into it probably a little naive, you know, thinking CBD is so mainstream. Let's just you know CBD, CBD, CBD. Well, Instagram didn't like that so much. Mm. <laughs> so, um, you know, we we did have challenges. We had some some advertising blocking. Um, we're not banned, at least, thank goodness. So, we really are being we, Susan's learning how to be really creative with wording because it's it's. It's kind of ridiculous. We're not even selling the shit I know. That's, and they yeah. torture you over your verbiage. Right. Mm -hmm. right. It's right. outrageous. It, it, yeah. it really is outrageous. You know, they don't want you to use the word CBD. They don't want you. You can't. You have to be so careful. Cannabis. You can't advertise certain things. You can say certain things. So it's really a learning process for us. Very frustrating. Well, now we're also learning that using um, terminology um, with ingestibles or, or anything smoking or ingesting is a, is a huge issue. So mm. a lot of times we will advertise or post with topicals, CBD topicals, because that's kind of what is, is getting us out there, you know, because, you know, topicals are acceptable. Yeah. It's more acceptable than an edible or something you smoke. So we're kind of working with that right now. Um, kind of learning it the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the only way. And you know, with the, with the internet one, you know, I, I'm internet marketer by trade and it is very frustrating. These platforms that are the algorithm, you know, judges you based on keywords and not context. Yes, you know, we were, we were running a, a charity campaign for a COVID relief and a video mentioned COVID as a moment of time since COVID started, it wasn't COVID, you know, that was all. And we were working with Google rep after Google rep. They're like, no, you're fine. The context is totally fine. And then they finally came back and were like, yeah, that keyword, it came on the video in small text. They said it cannot say COVID whatsoever. The, the, the algorithm will not, no matter, they could not manually override it. And obviously it's very similar with cannabis when you start using specific hashtags or words. It's and try to talk to a human, try to talk to a human on Facebook. It's not easy. No, no, no I don't it's know not possible. Facebook or Meta or whatever. It's still not easy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And she spends hours and then finally you get someone and they say, oh, you know, you have to do this, this and this. And that's, this should be OK. And then, and then two days later, it's like, well, that person really wasn't right. It's like, oh, man. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. I, that's stuff. I'm not involved. I cannot deal. It's just too much for me. I, I didn't even know, probably until the CBD Expo in Chicago, that 
that if you were on Amazon, your CBD stuff had to say hemp. And I, it dawned on me, I was like, no wonder I could never Google CBD on Amazon. It was always hemp. It would come up hemp. Right. So people, so these brands would make fake labels that say hemp instead of CBD. And I'm like, it's crazy. It's just, and it's not natural remedies, you know, things like yeah. that. I don't know. I just think the industry is so big. There's so much shit going on in this world. And this is what we're worried about. You know, saying these little words, I just don't get it. I, I, yeah. I just don't get, I, I, that's what I just don't have the patience for it. You know, it's unfortunate because you need the media to, you know, social media to, you know, uh, promote the product. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and that, that's what I was going to ask. You know, you, you, you mentioned social media and then as well, the, the CBD Expo in, in Chicago, which, you know, is kind of a trade show type format. What, what are some of the ways that you guys are using to, to get the word out there and, and expose people to the brand? We are doing right now, well, Dina, Dina knows more about it than I do, but influencers were paying. We just finished with one. I think her name was uh, Jolene Goring. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? She did a really yeah, nice, nice right. job for us. So influencers and Susan is posting on Facebook and Instagram. Where else? Um, we're we're, we're really we just, just starting with that now. Um, we're getting our feet wet and other things. Um, but that's kind of where we focused in the beginning is Instagram and lining up an, uh, an influencer right away. Um, we're also partnering with another um, so when I went to the CBD Expo in Chicago, I met some other people in the industry and we tried to kind of like click with them and say, hey, you know, let's put our products together. Let's, you know, cross over, you know, I'll post your product, you post mine. Um, it, it's so far, you know, we're kind of dabbling that in that a little bit right now. And Susan's yeah, been got really some, doing uh, CBD skincare lines, you know, we're showing their product, they're showing mm -hmm. our product, that kind of, um, you know, thing. Um, Pinterest, we're doing some Pinterest stuff too. I don't know, are we, are, are we doing anything with TikTok yet? Not yet, not yet. Okay, okay. Yeah, the the, the collab aspect is is a great, a great, um, a great way to get the word out there and something that's also coming to the THC, the cannabis facing side. We're seeing a lot of collab, that, that trend of product collabs. And obviously, I mean, you guys are to store products. If you get with the right products to showcase them stored in yours and you guys are both sharing and potentially align with some wellness or other female owned in THC or CBD. I mean, that, that sounds like a great way to get the word out there. Yeah, that's yeah, what we're doing. Sure. And you know, that's the thing when you're starting out the awareness, <laughs> just building the awareness, that's what it's about because you're not automatically getting hits on the website, but we're getting a lot of interest. A lot of people are contacting us. We had a conversation with a rep from a guy named Max who was really cool from American shaman. And he's talking about their business and our business. And Dina met a lot of people did, you know, the show, that show wasn't that great, but I think it was good for us because it was a good networking show. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's where you met Joey, didn't you? Yeah. 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 Yep. And that, I mean, you guys are here because of that. Right. And, exactly. and I, I, I'm, I'm very, very familiar with the, you know, from the apparel side to the cannabis side, right? Going to trade shows, setting up shop. I mean, I'm sure you guys have been there as well. It's, yes. a, lo it's a long, grueling thing, but it can definitely be just invaluable, you know, getting whether it's just getting feedback or networking with other people in the industry and, and building up, you know, whatever the relationship is today, you know, in five years, it, that could be the most impactful relationship you had that you met someone at fucking lunch, you know, randomly. Right. At some conference. And, and, and the good thing for me is that I had the original conversation with that guy on that plane from London about this idea. And so I'm first. 
right? And then <laughs> Dina's second. So Dina had to go to the show, not me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not doing that shit anymore. Been there, so, done that. I, I mistakenly, I mistakenly reminded her how many trade so tr trade shows I had done in the last ten years, and she's like, "You're on it." <laughs> oh man, she she pulled rank. She's like, "Oh, so you'd be perfectly your your skills are sharp for this." Exactly. Right? I see an email that says something about you want black tablecloths and this curtains. I'm like, "This is not for me." Done. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, Kathy and I work really well together. I mean, it's funny because we we had a we we worked together, you know, in, in different capacities, and then we we kind of like stopped working together for a while due to whatever, and and it just was like a natural thing, you know. We're, we're um, I don't know, it, it clicks. Susan's so. like my sister, so that's the you know, it's a really good thing. Yeah. We're best friends. She's like my sister. We all trust one another. And I was, I came out of corporate and so did Susan. Susan spent many years at Bloomingdale's and just big corporations. And uh, we don't want any part of that anymore. So it's mm. just a uh, female owned small business getting involved in what we care about. We're looking into charities with um, helping some shelters in our local areas, because like I said, we all love animals. We all have our animals. In fact, the picture that Maddie asked for, um, for the, article that you guys were running i gave it like we all gave with our dogs i mean that's just how we are all of us yeah. have dogs i have dogs and cats you still have a cat don't you dina i have three cats and two dogs ah, okay oh, yeah. so i just uh I, I like that whole you know friendship female it's like a bonding thing and it's okay it's kind of chill you know mm -hmm. it's okay if we don't grow too fast it's okay i don't want anybody this susan can analyze stuff like from today to tomorrow she's great with numbers she's perfect for marketing and she like gets into it and i'm like you know what if it gets too serious i'm gonna fire you but you know we're not making <laughs> any money yet anyway so it doesn't really matter <laughs> that's but we will i mean i i'm telling you we can just tell from the feedback you know people like the product and they think it's a good idea so that's good but i just want everything to be just chill you know and just we're not our time and that's it. Yeah. We're not in our thirties anymore. We, we ain't got time for that crap. <laughs> I, I, I love it. And so when, when you traveled to this expo and uh, uh, Dina, and then when you're looking at the industry as a whole, you know, there is a lack of female representation when we look at what is comprised of ownership mm -hmm. of cannabis and CBD. Um, when you look at a lot of the marketing messaging, and then when you even just look at the clearly, which, you, you know, your guys' whole opportunity around your product line is, you know, a lot of stuff is male centric. But when you look at who consumes CBD and cannabis, it's not as skewed as these other statistics. So what is what is like the importance around female representation, especially like within this industry? Well, for us, it's a no brainer because we have the fashion aspect. You know, we have the fashion um, component. You know, we're not growing. We're not you know, we're not selling CBD. We are providing a product that we have a lot of experience behind so you know there's like like kathy said in the beginning there's no um female no you know feminine products for people to carry anything in so think, you know, you know look, that's for, that's for one perspective the fashion um, industry the fashion know. industry um, you're lucky it's just females do very well in the fashion business they run a lot of companies. You know, my husband is in the financial business. It wasn't that yeah. way. And it yeah. still isn't that way. 
I'm not really sure what the deal is with the cannabis and, and, and the CBD market. I don't know it that well, like from the growing <laughs> perspective or anything like that. But um, I just think right. it's there's definitely an opportunity for women because like you talked about, women are, they're big consumers, you know, they're out there, they're spending, and especially for us, what we're doing. Accessories is a, is, is a woman thing, but I love that the guys already asked, you know, well, where's my shit? Like, what are you doing for me? And we would, we really came from female accessories, so we addressed right. that first. Right. But it's because whether it's unisex, whether it's male, we have to address that. We know we, and right. we will. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, you know? I mean, it happens in certain industries. Right. Well, mm -hmm. well you know, we, we all hope that the stigma will go away for cannabis. CBD, everything. We all hope that. And we know that's going to be in the future. At least we hope it is. So we're going to have to have products like this because nobody wants to just carry, you know, a black ripstop or do. a black I mean, I think it's um, fine. That, ballistic that, nylon bag. That. You know, that's it's beginning. You know, begin but I think there are people that are just a little bit more fashion conscious or, you know, aware and they want something a little bit more fun, a little cuter. You Fashion, know, a little, yeah, and yeah. It's not really out there. So right. now it is. And, you know, you just have right. to take time in building, you know, uh, the awareness. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned, you know, the accessory market, is, you know, it's, yeah. it's dominated by women. It's probably going to continue that way. But it's funny with the... Uh, I don't know if they call it the cross the cross body bag, the the male purse, the man bag, whatever is now like hot. You know, I'm wearing one. I probably I probably would have gotten beat up in high school if I was wearing one, but now it's like Absolutely every, in my high school. And and every everyone has it now, but as a yeah. weed smoker, you know, I can't fit yeah. these eighth jars, don't really fit, you know, and it's another thing. You know, skinny jeans, I wear skinny jeans now. Maybe in high school I could have fit a whole jar of weed in my pocket, but now you know these these jars and I, I smoke you know blunts so backwood you know i have all these ex things to consume this plant that i love and it's like you know i don't necessarily yeah. need a backpack for it but i need a little you know something as a man you know to carry around to keep my keep my weed products with me absolutely and that's what i think you know when you say stigma like it's come a long way i mean <laughs> i do think a lot of it is Wait. is mainstream which is why i think it's so frustrating from a marketing perspective mm. that there's still these antiquated rules on these big social media platforms that I thought that I feel that should be open and much more liberal about something like this. Right. You know, there's so much, so many strides have been made um, in making it mainstream right. and legalizing right. it in so many places. That's the only reason I really thought there was, this was a business because look at the volume the industry does. Mm -hmm. And so it's a void. And yet, you know, there's still a lot of um, uptight rules about verbiage that, um, you know, I think is really unfortunate. Well, yep. Yeah, 100%. Um, and you guys are helping play yeah. a role in breaking yeah. that stigma by bringing some normalcy to the accessory market, you know, of, of making things that look like they fit in everything else. Again, like we said from the start, not just yeah. screaming cannabis centric, but it is works with the cannabis and CBD products. What what do you guys have on your plate for 2022 this this next year? Oh, it's a lot. Well, we're having a big meeting um, after the holidays <laughs> just about that. Uh, what we're going to add, what we're going to do, and what are you know Susan does all these serious. I think they look corporate, but corporate you know ad calendars, timelines. I know there's graphs, so she's going to present you know what we're going to spend our money on. 
I mean, basically, where we're going to put the money. So um, I'll tell you one thing we need to learn more about is SEO. I mean, search engine optimization on Google. So we've got to spend money on um, some of that and marketing. And of course, new product categories. We talked about men's. We're going to you know, do that. And we want to launch um, what I would call more of a unisex up and smoke New mm-hmm. York line, you know, with a downtown vibe. And we'd be happy to come back and like, you know, show you what that looks like when we get our, you know, get the samples in. But um, yeah, that's where there's a lot to do. I mean, you always have to add, you have to I can't wait to work on that. And you have to add newness. Um, so it's a lot of that. It's the marketing, where you're going to put the money for the marketing, how you're going to work it. Yes. Um, and who's been good for your business, who hasn't, things drop out, you try something. Like we weren't thrilled with that last CBD show, but that doesn't mean that we wouldn't be open to possibly doing others, you know? Um, but it's not a you know an endless pit of, of, of money. You've got to figure out where best to spend your dollars. Yeah. So the fashion aspect is not a problem for us. We have a ton of ideas on that. So that's what we're going to be doing after the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even touch right. on the so uh, many sport athletes. Line. We I mean, didn't talk you're about familiar that. with so um, many athletes. The big names a, that we, whether it's Greg Norman, golf, Bron Gronkowski, and you know football, or there's a million athletes out there um, that have their own lines, and you know, and, Mickelson, and we Mickelson, think that yeah. there's another segment yeah. for mm-hmm. uh, chorus sport, and basically that's. And Dina can kind of tell you about the looks, but I would think of like for golfers, you know, a lot of golfers are older, you know, they're out there on the golf course in California and Florida, whatever. They've got aches and pains. They're carrying that stuff. I don't know where they're putting it in that big golf bag, but like, we think there should be like a separate spot, like, like a cool dock kit for that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff for sport, whether they throw it in their duffel, if they're playing football, basketball, or, you know, Mm -hmm. golf stuff. That's, that's one of the core sport kind of ideas. So, yeah. Right. So basically, it's it's kind of like the concept of um, our, fa- our women's fashion mm. line, but this is exaggerated like, plastic uh, zippers, zippers, rubber. So they're know, big um, zippers, big logos. And they all have the, you know, the yeah. clip ons. What are those things called? You could actually put an oil in here. Right. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, to stick on their golf bag um, or their duffel or whatever. Yeah. We also think that's yeah. another big. Yeah. It's true. I so, you know, you that. could you the whole sport category of cannabis or CBD. People using, you know, different stuff like that. So, yeah. Well, that just tells you we are like the We're ideas. Not short of ideas. That's with like with Kathy and I. We could just we could. The ideas no. just don't stop between the two of us. Right. Yeah, there's there's no short shortness there for sure. And it's just awareness. putting it in the right place and develop, you know, narrowing Absolutely. it down. Absolutely, and that, you know, that's a whole other the, the, the sports demographic. Yeah. I feel like I think there's I think there's you know the, the medicinal component and the sports demographic have been the two biggest things I feel like to to help break the stigma down when you see Absolutely. professional athletes that are using it to recover and you can't say. Oh, lazy stoner! When you're looking at, you know, somebody's at the peak athletic right. performance, right. right? Like, yeah, and it's and, and a yeah. lot of them have said, if not for this, right. I wouldn't still right. play today. Absolutely, that's a good point. Absolutely, and and I mean, yeah. look at the statistics of how many people in the NFL and NBA consume, right. you know, which is not just physical, you know, 
athletic wise, but also very, very tough on the body, you know, and there's stat, you know, the statistics come out that it's anywhere from 60 to 80% of active players consume cannabis. Um, and I, you know, I probably CBD is probably up to 80 or 90 at this point, you know, absolutely. absolutely. It just makes it's hard. It's wear and tear on the body. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. I was, I was never, although I'm tall, I was never a big sports mm -hmm. guy, but when I, I had to smoke before I played, but I smoked before I played, man, I, I was a, they're gonna feel they're young now, like you know, Stefan Curry. You know, he's it's great, <laughs> but wait, a couple of years from now, he's gonna feel that shit. All those three pointers are gonna get to him. I say, so, yeah, I'm I'm feeling it just from playing at the rec center, man. <laughs> I wasn't even doing it seven days a week. Exactly. <laughs> I do. I take CBD every day, also. Well, I take CBD almost every single yeah. day. It's, you know, it's changing um, lives. Um, Man, I yeah. really appreciate you guys hopping yeah. on here, having this discussion. Again, I, I just I think what you guys are doing, uh, you know, honest to God, is is really helping contribute to breaking down the stigma. So I really applaud you guys for that because that's something that, uh, you know, as a consumer that's been able to come out of the dark, if you say, and right. proudly profess that I consume cannabis and and am prof professional in this space. You know, I just really appreciate anyone that that helps contribute to the breaking down of the stigma because it, it makes my life easier, honestly. So Absolutely. really, really and salute you guys. Generation. But definitely on the same wavelength, you know. Yep. Which I think is also important, you know. It's a, I think it's a nice yes, time to yes, hear for sure from people from different aspects of life that who are also using and maybe for different reasons. But um, I think that's important too. Awesome, awesome. So I, I believe the website c u r a b a g s dot com, curabags dot com, curabags dot com. You guys check it out. Thank you, Dina yeah. and Kathy. Really appreciate yes. you guys hopping on here. This Thank is the you, North Mitch. American Weed Tour Podcast, episode 72. We will be at you guys soon.